Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Drink it in, folks. Playoff time. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been hoping for. Uh, we're almost there. And this is the last stop in the basement this week. So we're going to talk about all the playoff games this weekend. All of them. One thing that pisses me off about the playoff games this weekend. We get to that. And we have a massive deep dive profile on a very, very important player in the AFC who might be in the AFC East champions. TBD. We'll get to that segment in a little bit. Plus, your predictions. We asked you, sent them. What do you think is going to happen over the next five weeks, six weeks that you're positive? I would bet my life on this, Brant. Send them to us. We're putting them back in the wine bottle. We'll put them away for five weeks and we'll crack them open after the Super Bowl. In the meantime, let's get right to the show. What I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. It's playoff time! Super wild card weekend. Not wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend. We have uh, been encouraged strongly with the National Football League to use that term. It's kind of like when uh, Howard goes to WNBC. WNBC. Super wild card weekend. That's where we are. Super wild card weekend. Don't even think about confusing it with regular wild card weekend. We punched this one up. Uh, we have six games. We have 12 teams. There's two that are just chilling right now. And those Eagles and those Chiefs just getting ready. In the meantime, they're going to watch the... Uh, Kind of the opening band for the divisional round weekend, which in my opinion is the best weekend of the entire year. That's the kind of a take in and of itself. Wild card, there's some crappy teams that snuck in and a little dead wood. Uh, AFC title games, often one of them is a blowout with the NFC title game. And then, you know, it's just only, there's only four teams left, so it's not as fun. Divisional round. Those are the best teams. You get multiple games, usually the best football. I uh, think last year, that's when we had Bill's Chiefs. Who in the hell knows we'll have this year. But this is what we have now. We have wildcard games, and I'm going to do you the courtesy and the public service of ranking these six games, because that's what you do up here in the sports media business. You rank things. Guys, six games. My number six game, the least desirable, the check out how it's going in the first half, and then maybe go get in some wife, kid, or husband time, whatever you have. That's Dolphins-Bills, guys. I hate to say it. Sunday at 1 p.m., smack dab in the middle of the day. For reasons I'm going to talk to you in a little bit shortly in the What I Hate portion of the program, but it's just so frustrating that um, we are not getting Tua. It looks like we're not even getting Teddy Bridgewater. And if you're a Bills fan, don't fall into thinking this is a pseudo-buy, but you can fall into thinking that it is one of the biggest point spreads in playoff history. I was looking this morning, and it's Bills minus 13. That's big. Now, it's not the biggest ever. The biggest ever in any playoff game, according to my research, was back in 1994 season. Do you remember the Steve Young 49ers against the Stan Humphrey Chargers? Natron means all that. That, they were, that was a 19-point playoff favorite in the Super Bowl, and they crushed them. You know what's interesting? I did some work on this. Biggest point spreads in playoff history. There's a lot of them, and they're in the teens, mid-teens, even one of them in the high teens. In almost every case, not all, but almost every case, the team covered and then some. Meaning that when they predicted a blowout, let's say the spread was 14, it was like 29 points, the victory. It's, it often goes that way. It doesn't mean that the Dolphins are definitely gonna lose, but it doesn't look good. We tried to do the thing this morning, Good Morning Football. What is the recipe for the Dolphins winning this game? It's tough. 
it's tough. No Moster has got a broken thumb. I love the guy. He's not going to be himself if he's even playing. And Skylar Thompson we'll get to in a little bit. I think that for, for this game to be exciting, I think there needs to be three Bills turnovers. I think there needs to be a defensive score from Miami. I think there needs to be a massive special teams play for Miami, like a return touchdown or a block and a scoop and score of some kind. Uh, I think Josh Allen needs to be under 25 yards rushing. And that sounds really specific, but they just can't let him run. And then I think if we don't see Tyreek doing this at some point to the game, to Jordan Poyer or somebody who's chasing them through the Bills secondary, I don't think Miami can win. I just, they're wounded. It sucks. And they're not playing great football even before now. It's, it's, it's very frustrating that this game is not more exciting. But if you're Bills fans, just take care of business. I, I just don't see any way that this team blows it. We've seen teams blow it often. And it's just their favorite. And they just, oh my God, they got caught. I don't think this team's made like that. The times that they've lost this year, including once to the Dolphins, the team had to just empty everything. Think about the, that Dolphins game was crazy and under the last snap. The Vikings game was probably even more crazy. I mean, the catch that Jefferson made and the drop snap and the goal line. If there was any time the Bills could have been a little more focused and locked in, I think it was that loss to the Jets, but not this week, not this time, not after what they'd been through, not in that field. But I think that is the worst game of the weekend. Number five, Ravens at Bengals, same reason. I'm going to get into this more. The Ravens quarterback, so frustrating. Not going to be out there. Bengals probably playing with the chip on their shoulder for a bunch of different reasons. I just, even though they're divisional opponents, and often you can't count out the division rivalry and the familiarity for making the game quality. You see any reason that the Ravens win this game? If Lamar doesn't play, even Snoop maybe doesn't play? No. That's my number five game. The number four, Seahawks at Niners. Um, I like this game. I don't think it'll be bad. It's not one of the bottom ones. I just... Find me the reason that the Seahawks are going to score a bunch of points in this. Do you know what Nick Bosa has done to that team? Bad, bad things. Bad. He's had three sacks in the last two games. If you expand it back last year before Geno was starting, he has even more sacks. They can't stop him. They don't know what to do with him. And this is not even talking about Kittle or Purdy or Debo. This is the one-man wrecking crew who is going to be the runaway defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. He will breakdance his way to that award and probably into the backfield for the Seahawks. I love Geno a lot. I'm rooting for Geno. I'm asking Geno to get the hell out of the way when Bosa comes at him. Number three out of six games, Giants-Vikings. This one's tricky. All right, this is Sunday, 4.30 p.m., that Kirk Cousins late window that you know and love. I think the Vikings are going to score in this game. I think they're going to put up points, dome, you know, their players. I don't know if the Giants can score with them or not, but I know that the Giants have the similar thing to the Vikings. I think they're able to kind of just keep the thing close late because they're just sort of like, I mean dirty in a positive way, like dirty in the fact that they're, if they were a basketball player, they'd dive for a lot of loose, ball, loose balls. Not loose balls, that sounds disgusting. Loose balls. Um, they'll get those, they'll set traps, they'll set things like that. I think the Giants will stay in this thing and roll their sleeves up. But ultimately, I just don't know where their points are coming from. I just think the Vikings skill players are so much better than theirs. I don't know if they get enough points, but I think that one will be close late. Ryan Leaf was on Good Morning Football today, and he said what we all say. Either the Vikings are going to win on a last-second field goal or they're going to lose by 30 points. That's the only two formulas we've seen for this team. I don't think the Giants have the firepower to beat them by 30 points. Number two game out of six, Monday Nighter, Cowboys, Buccaneers. I've talked at length this week about the media reactions to this, about how you have the Brady lightning rod and the Cowboys lightning rod and <laughs> smashing them together. It's a tough game to pick, too. And yet... I'm picking the Buccaneers. I don't know why. The Buccaneers aren't a good team. <laughs> They're not. 
it's they're just the version of this year's Packers, except they actually got into the playoffs because their division was so crappy. But it's the same thing. This amazing legendary quarterback who's worked months and months and months trying to get the thing together. It's never really been there. And yet they got to get in because their division's so bad. This shouldn't be a playoff team. They're sub 500 and I'm still picking them. Still. Home field, uh, Brady at complete mastery, undefeated record against the Cowboys. And I just, I just don't trust the Cowboys at all. Tony Pollard goes nuts. He's my favorite Cowboy. They win. But I think it's still the second best game because it's just going to be so much attention. It's the grand finale. Monday night, we've just had this shock and awe of the whole season. This team got knocked out. Oh my God, could you believe that? And then Monday night, we get this great star logo and the pirate ship or pirate flag together. I think the Bucks win, but that's my second best game of the night, of the weekend. And yet, somehow, if you would have grabbed me by the shirt collar and slapped me in the face and said, Brent, I got a prediction for you. Not only will it be a playoff game, but your favorite playoff game of Super Wild Card Weekend will be the Jaguars and the Chargers. Get out of here. That's, those, those aren't playoff teams. The Jaguars because of the Jaguars and the Chargers because they always charge your things up. Not only is that the game, I think it's the best game of the weekend. I absolutely love it. It's a really cool game. Jaguars on fire. And they've got this weird thing where they're the Jaguars and we're all kind of prejudiced against how bad they've been. They're the 32nd media market. It's not even close. Them and the 31st are a massive difference. And then you have the Chargers, who also do not have a robust, massive fan base at all. And fine, I don't care, they're building it. But it's so low profile, and it's like this, this little scrappy game that could. That's why I kind of like it. And I just look at the quarterbacks as complete twin brothers. Two cyborgs from the same Skynet laboratory that were built with the same hair and the same arms and the same height and the same everything. It's just, I cannot wait to watch these two against each other. When Lawrence... And Herbert go in for that post game. Good luck, bro. You know, stay healthy, all that. I, I just want to freeze that picture because we also might be seeing that picture for a long time. You know who I like in this game? I like Jacksonville. You know what? I like it because of Doug Peterson. Doug's the man. I love Doug. I'd walk into a dark alley with Doug. I'd walk through traffic for Doug. I love him. Brandon Staley, I like too, but my God, if they lose this game and run him here and Mike Williams, who got banged up being out on the field for no reason last week, uh, is legitimately banged up. And if he can't perform or if he can't play and they lose, I hate to see that happen to good guys. Brandon State is a good guy, but it, it could not go well for him after that. That's my best game. Chargers, Jags. What a country we're living in. Dogs and cats living together, or in this case, lightning bolts and cats living in Duval County. That's Saturday. That's 8.15 p.m. I will probably be highly anesthetized while I watch that game. I hope you join me. I can't wait to talk about it next week. But until then, we have to go to what I hate because it's kind of a record scratch. Come on. These playoff games are important to me. They're fun. They're meaningful. They're history. I'll remember them for a long time. My kids will be watching them. And, you know, we, we put up with a lot of football for 18 weeks now, plus the preseason, plus OTAs, plus the draft. And we really, we don't put up for it for week 11, Panthers versus Texans. We put up for it for the playoff games. This is the party at the end of the work year. It's a big deal. And so it really bothers me and really upsets me and really kills my buzz. And in two of these games, and we only get six, and the next weekend we get fewer and fewer and fewer, and then that's it. See you later. Hope you like baseball really bothers me in two of these games it's this what the bleep am I supposed to do with this quarterback situation let's start with the Dolphins 
I'm sure if you're a Buffalo fan, you're like, great. Pull somebody out of the stands and have them play quarterback. We'll take the win and move on. Fine. But if you're watching at home, you want some entertainment. You want some competitive football. How are we going to get Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen? Josh Allen? I can't even say their two stupid names because I'm so frustrated about this game. Um, if you don't know, Tua is not going to play. Tua is just going to be out. Tua, who beat the Bills way back in September, I think it was, is out. And I was talking to Mike Garofolo today, who's a reporter for the NFL Network, and I was saying, I'm like, is this because he can't pass some tests? Or are the Dolphins just saying, I don't care what test you pass, you're out of here. We're sitting you down. We're not going to do that to you as a human. We're not going to do that to you as one of our players. It seems to be a little bit of the latter because the game is still a couple, three days away. And there's this idea that maybe he could pass the test. They don't want to hear it. He's out. It doesn't look like Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Now, if Teddy plays, Teddy is capable. Like, he's played some good football. He's very experienced. He's been in the postseason. He could maybe win and pull something out of his backside. We got a guy named Skyler. Skyler is going to be on national television for three hours, and I respect the kid, and I'll call him a kid because he's a, a young, young, young rookie. Seventh rounder out of Kansas State. You know who he was drafted just in front of? Brock Purdy. We have two seventh round rookies playing this weekend. Ugh. But um, I'm just frustrated because I would love to see Tua versus Josh, and I'd love to see them really go at it for entertainment's sake. Also, just a little bit of a side take. Skyler is one of these names that really irritates me. I got a Skyler thing for a lot of reasons. One, I think it's, that's not a name, Skyler. That's a made up name. I actually looked into it. It has roots in the, spelled differently, like S-C-H-U-L-E-R, like the Skyler sisters. You know Hamilton, back from the American Revolution? And it's a repurposing of that. Two, you hear Skyler, what do you think? I'm the one who knocks Skyler. You think Skyler White. Not my favorite character in, in TV history, by far. It's fine. I respect the, the, the terrible hands that she was dealt, and it ends very badly for Skyler. I just don't like that name. It's just, it, it irritates me. I think it did before Skyler White, and I think it did more afterwards. Has anybody named Skyler ever been successful in anything? It's one of those names that everyone used to make fun of the name Tristan, and then more people became named Tristan. And now, like, Skyler is the new Tristan for me. Just the name where I feel like the parents were trying a little too hard and a little too cute, and they just couldn't wait to do the birth announcement or put it on the holiday card every year. I looked into it. Like, is there, are you like, Branch, you're an idiot. Skyler such and such invented the, the train track. <laughs> maybe, maybe he did. Not according to my research. We looked into it. Skyler Aston is the actor who dates Anna Kendrick in the Pitch Perfect movies, now has a show on CBS. Congratulations, Skyler. No relation to Sean Astin. And that's it. We can't find any other Skylers. Are you a Skyler? Are you offended by what I said? I get it. I would be too. Are you married to a Skyler? Are you father or mother to a Skyler? Probably really triggered. Look, I don't have the greatest name in the world. A lot of people hate the name Kyle. George Carlin does an open set of comedy about it. Kyle was on its way to becoming the male Karen. Thank God they stopped that. So listen, maybe I'm glass houses. I don't like the name Skyler. I certainly don't like it when it's starting a playoff game as a seventh round rookie against the Buffalo Bills for the Miami Dolphins who had Tua and who got a bleeping statue of Dan Marino outside their stadium. We got Skyler. Bothers me. Hope the kid plays well. I'm rooting for him. Has nothing to do with him personally. I'm pissed off that he's out. You know what else I'm pissed off about? Here's a good solid name. Anthony Brown. Great name. Not the name I want to see starting for the Ravens against the Bengals against Joe Burrow. Apparently the Lamar thing's not going to happen. Talked a lot about this again this morning. We were into this. And 
It's just not going to happen. He's not going to go out there and practice. Harbaugh is not going to say, Lamar, let's give it a shot. And to the question of, okay, you're hurt. You're not yourself. I get it. You have this grade two PCL on and on and on, Lamar. Understand. Can you try? Could, can you go out there with the fellas and try to run the first offense and maybe be a, a fraction of yourself? Can you just try? It's a playoff game against the Bengals. We've worked hard all season. Can you try? The answer is no. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Short of something radically different happening in the next 48 hours, Lamar Jackson is not going to play. And then enters the question of will he ever play for the Ravens again, which is not a ludicrous question. And if he does play on what kind of contract will be in there? Because is it going to be a, a franchise tag? Is it going to be a quarter billion dollars? I don't know. But I don't think it's insane at all to say has Lamar Jackson played his last snap for the Baltimore Ravens because it sounds like he's not playing this weekend. And then you got Snoop Huntley who comes in. He's like, I played some good ball. I'm cool. I agree with both of those, Snoop. It doesn't look like he's going to play this weekend. That one's really up in the air. So then you get to Anthony Brown, undrafted guy out of Oregon. I love undrafted players. I really do. I have many of them over the years, including Adam Vinatieri, Kurt Warner. I can go on and on and on. I don't want them starting a quarterback in a playoff game in their first year. It's ridiculous. You're going against... Joe Burrow, he's number one overall. Like He's a super talented guy. How are the Ravens possibly going to win that game? I want a competitive game. Skyler and Anthony Brown. I keep looking at the name Anthony Brown because it just sounds like a generic made-up name. Like this, like a Madden player. Anthony Brown. You just spin a wheel of names, first names, last names. Anthony Brown, great. Skyler Thompson, Anthony Brown. You see how pissed off I am about this? Because I care about football and I care about the games. And I wish I could fast forward through this one. What are we going to do? What's the network going to do if you're putting up Bengals, Ravens, and after the first quarter, it's 20 to nothing the Bengals. And it's only 20 instead of 21 because they missed an extra point in one of the three touchdowns that Joe Burrow has thrown. Now, hopefully the Ravens defense is game. And Roquan is a bad, bad dude. How are they going to score any points? I'm so frustrated. I wish they could, I want them to be healthy. I want to do, it's like one of those things like, I wish I could give my PCL to Lamar. That's fine. What do I need my PCL for? I wish I could, grade two, grade three. Grade A, I don't care. I would give it to him just so I can see him out there while I'm like, I'm going to be on my couch. I don't need a PCL. I, I, whatever you need, I wish I could give it to him, but I can't. Um, so I'm going to have to sit there and watch the third string guy in two different AFC games. Maybe it just means the Bengals and Bills are meant to play with each other. I hate it though. Let's get to something uplifting. Speaking of the Bills, time for what's hilarious. Yes, it is. All right, Deion Dawkins is hilarious. Do you know Deion? He's on his way to becoming the most celebrated, most charismatic, most beloved Deion in NFL history. Sorry, Prime, but it's true. Maybe this guy will be the head coach of the Colorado Buffalo someday. In the meantime, he's kind of like the heart and soul of the Bills, and they got a lot of guys who are the heart and soul. Certainly, DeMar Hamlin now qualifies as that. But Deion Dawkins, you know who he is? Why am I talking about a Bills offensive lineman? All right, second-round guy at a Temple. 2017 draft. If you can see here... Just goes with braces, loves it, kind of works for him. These gentlemen around him are just loving him. A lot of fun tattoos, huge personality. He does the, he's like the 300-pounder the guy who can dance, do all these crazy dances. It's amazing, does it better than me. Um, he's got the adorable children that show up and do the press conferences and on camera. Just, he checks every box. Plus, he's this giant tackle who stands in front of 17 and lets him wait and wait and wait and wait and then throw it to 14. Um... He's also, I mean, on a very cool level, he's the Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination for the Bills. 
the person on their team who's nominated is one of the 32 that does the most charity work, most work in the community. Like, he lives for that stuff. I've talked to him about it before. He's awesome. God, he's good at giving sound bites. If you haven't seen it, yesterday, this treasure right here was asked, Dion, you're playing the Dolphins for a third time in one season. What's that like? It's just the history. Like, if you go on a date and with somebody three times, then you should know that she or he, whoever you're with, likes like a lemon drop or a Shirley Temple. Like, but like, that's what you should, should know. So I kind of look at it for what it is. Like, I don't make it like all these giant things. Like, you know, like we're going on our third date, you know, hopefully we can take them home. It would have paused. It's not a perfect metaphor. Who cares though? Is he saying he wants to make love to the dolphins? <laughs> I think that's what he was saying. But he was rolling. Who cares? You know what I love? A lemon drop is the drink that came out of his mind. That just tells me that Dion has been on a date when someone has ordered a lemon drop. This is like it was a random drink to bring in. Or Shirley Temple. Um, so that's just that's just setting the table. That's his thoughts. Listen, these guys are in playoff mode. They don't want to say squad. Uh, complimentary football, execute, make plays, and he's sitting there talking about lemon drops and taking them home. That's awesome. That's the kind of guy you want right now in the media. Just sitting there holding court, being himself. He's known as also uh, the snowman, and I didn't say that improperly. Not the snowman. The snowman. Let's get into this. Here he is uh, with Matty Glab, who I've worked with and love Matty. And Matty asked the right question, like, what's the deal? Snowman? Explain it. The snow origin story. Okay, so when I was younger, when I was in middle school, elementary school, I would uh, I would wait for a snow day. And parents, is it canceled? And if they said yes, I would set my alarm extremely early, and I would wake up and I would hit doors and I would ask them if they wanted their if they wanted their driveway shoveled, their walkway shoveled. And uh, if they said yes, like you know, like that was a nice pocket change, and it was just me just shoveling snow with a couple of uh, my 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 friends and. When you guys see me go like that, you already snow. That's literally me wiping my nose of snot. So the snow that I've been outside all day and I call myself the snowman because snowmans, you know, they're the spark of outside, you know. So I still don't understand why it's snow. <laughs> Am I missing something? Maybe that's just his own take on it or he was a young kid and he liked to say the word funny. I get it, he, the, the snow day, which is electric, of course make some money shoveling snow. I would love to know why he like kind of put the little flare on it with the SCH. Cause he could just be the snowman and that'd be a great nickname. I just don't understand the snow. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I'll ask him next time I get to talk to him. But for the record, the snow brand is expansive. He has the snow burger at off the wall sandwich in Orchard Park. Do we have a picture of the snow burger to show the people who are fans of Kyle Brandt's basement? Oh yeah, all right. Here's the snow burger. Tell me if you're in on the snow burger. Custom steak blend patty, right? Caramelized onions, okay, I'm all right with that. And then, and I'm not making this up. Ooey gooey white cheddar mac and cheese. So you have your cheese component satisfied. This is on the snow burger for Deion Dawkins who's starting against the Dolphins this weekend. Provolone cheese, so. <laughs> Is the provolone entirely necessary as a separate entity from the, quote, ooey-gooey white cheddar mac and cheese? Don't you satisfy the palate's cheese needs there? No. 
It's not the Kyle Burger. It's the Schnoe Burger. And then, hold on. The last item says chicken fingers tossed in teriyaki sauce. Am I to understand that the chicken fingers tossed in teriyaki are on the burger or they are side? I'm trying to see the picture. I see mac and cheese falling out. I see a giant burger. I see onions. It looks like onion rings as his side. So I'm just going to assume that there's teriyaki chicken fingers on the burger. Which just seems some sort of like a felony. But listen, it's his. He's 300 pounds. He's a great personality. You got patty, onions, mac and cheese, additional provolone cheese, and chicken fingers. Not even chicken fingers like just standard. Teriyaki chicken fingers. You're pulling in an Asian influence for some sort of fusion. Has anything teriyaki ever been with mac and cheese, let alone ooey gooey mac and cheese? It's Schnoe's world. We're all just living it. He's also a huge fan of the crab rangoon at Off the Wall Sandwich. This is a man of sophisticated taste. So he has a burger. Um, oh, wait, I forgot. <laughs> After you eat that 900 calorie Schnoe burger, you need a little sugar because there wasn't enough in the teriyaki sauce. You need the Schnoe Sunday, which is also a real thing. Um, it's topped with gummy bears and white chocolate syrup. What is, I've never heard of white chocolate syrup. Not my thing, but again, it's his. He's also a fan of the Crab Rangoon. He's got a burger, he's got a sundae, the Crab Rangoon. Dion, Snowman, what's next? Capri Suns, right? So there, there's a couple things that I wanted to do as a, as a, as a professional. And, um, Capri Sun is one of them. I grew up drinking Capri Suns. Um, I had his best yeah. friend that his that uh, his parents always bought him because my parents never bought him. You know what I'm saying? So I would always go and get Capri Suns. I would bring him to practice. Uh, I would always try to save one for after practice, and um, it was just it was just me. So so recently I had came across one and I was like. I was like, bro, why did I ever get off of Capri Suns? So I was like, but you know what? I'm going to let the world know that Capri Suns are part of my development as being being dark, like the snowman. So I was like, yo, I'm going I'm to grab a BJ's or a Costco's in membership, and I'm going to get Capri Suns by the truckload. I'm going to make sure that I always have a Capri yeah. Sun on myself. And um, Capri Sun, it's just me. But shoot, I would love to have a snowy Capri Sun thing and, and, and mm. spin a mix, you know, and walk around with a Capri Suns, like you already snow the vibes, you know what I'm saying? So who knows? That's awesome. Love it. I could go up the stairs right now and I could show you a whole box of Capri Sun. We're a Capri Sun family. Personally, it takes me back to the AYSO soccer in the eighties, orange slices and Capri Sun. And I love that he wants his own Capri Sun, much like that someone might want their own Ben and Jerry's flavor. But that's been done a million times. Jimmy Fallon doesn't have his own Capri Sun flavor. It's a great idea. I don't know why the Capri Sun people haven't jumped on this. What they have going for them with that thing, obviously, that's just a stroke of genius in packaging. There are many juice boxes. There are many canned beverages and bottled. Not a lot of pouched beverages for children. Now, hard as hell for a six-year-old to get that straw in there? Absolutely. Worth it? Yes, especially if at the end of it, you drink the whole thing, you suck the whole pouch out, and then there's all sorts of fun to be had where if you blow air back in it, it becomes like a giant whoopee cushion, which you can either use as that, or even you can stomp on it and it blows up. Capri Sun's all kind of fun. I used to have a friend who would put the straw in the bottom of the pouch instead of the perforated little silver hole. 
but I love that Dion wants that. That is classic children at heart. Why haven't the Capri Sun folk reached out to the snowman and like, let's go. See, this is what happens. If you win a Super Bowl and you're on the parade float and you're in the confetti, you drink a Capri Sun and he'll have A, Capri Suns for life, and B, he'll get his own flavor. Capri Sun, please do that. Does Capri Sun have a Twitter or an Instagram or any, I'm sure they do. Guys, this is a great person. He's an awesome player on one of the best teams in the league. He might win a Super Bowl. He's also this great individual in the community. He's the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And his favorite thing in the world isn't some beer or liquor or wine or snack. He loves Capri Sun. Capri Sun folk. Let's go. Let's get him a flavor. Imagine that. And he could be the one. And it has this whole snow thing. So you could do like a... Like uh, some sort of, you know how the Gatorade does like the ice flavors and there's like ice icicles and stalactites on the, it's great. Do a Capri Sun Dion Dawkins flavor for the snowman. Let it snow. You can call it that. Probably not Disney won't sue you. It's fine. Whatever. We can figure that out. Get him his own flavor. In the meantime, um, he doesn't always just have burgers and sundaes. He likes to eat healthy too, Dion Dawkins. Last season he was asked how he was going to prepare for a game against the Panthers and uh, their very good defensive player, Brian Burns. What do you say? Watch what I'm eating in a week. Honestly, truly, <laughs> like, you know, like if, uh, if, cert like if, if certain days, like I want to just enjoy a nice, like heavier meal, I'll just skip it. And I'll just wait till that, that following week. So in my mind, I'm mentally saying, well, I should be a little bit lighter and um, I should be moving just a little bit quicker. Mm. So salad over steak, you know, for this week. Mm. See, that's relatable. You ever have that in your life where you're just like, oh man, you know, I just really overdid it this weekend. Maybe I shouldn't have the French dip for Monday lunch. <laughs> you're like, but it looks really good and they get that little cup of au jus. Monday lunch is not a time to have the French dip sandwich. Saturday lunch, sure. Go a little light. And I like him when he knows he's got a good opponent coming up. He likes to eat really healthy. Which maybe tells me this week he's eating a bunch of crap because, ugh, the Dolphins. But um, one last thing, and this is a serious note, and we're having fun with Dion, but I love the guy. He loves his quarterback. This guy loves our guy, 17. You might remember when the Bills lost to the Jets, Josh came out afterwards and said, well, it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like bleep. It's true, and a really good take from Josh. But his tackle, Dion, was asked about Josh's comments. I would, you know, do anything for Josh. I would kill for Josh. I would give my last finger to freaking Josh. Whatever it has to be, you know, and a quarterback and like that, that like that's going to put every loss on his back when he doesn't ha have to. You know, Josh is the best quarterback in the league, and him, he still comes out there and says and what he says. He loves us, and we love him. And uh, Josh is saying that just to and protect us, you know, but it's nothing is Josh's fault ever. You know, Josh is the best. That's awesome. Note to uh, young quarterbacks out there. See how that works? You know, Zach Wilson just really screwed himself over when he did the opposite of what Josh did. And maybe we'll never hear the end of it. We don't know. Hopefully he recovers. You just come out and say, I suck today and I played like bleep and me, 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 me. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. It has a magical power over people. The people want to follow you. And they want to follow him this weekend. I want to follow Dion. I'm going to run right behind him. I'm going to sit up behind him in passing. And afterwards, we're going to have a snow burger and a snow snake, and we're going to have a million different Capri Snows 
Caprice Snow. Maybe that's what it is. You've done enough with Sun. Caprice Snow. That's what it is. Dion. We'll be watching you this weekend. Great guy. I'm sure a hard hat guy will be there. And all these bros and their gloves and their snow and their just revelry. It's going to be an awesome weekend uh, against Miami. Dion will be right in the center of it. Let's get, though, to something maybe it's not going to be that awesome. Time to age like fine wine. And God, I wish we had an animation so I could take a breath for two seconds, but never mind. Let's just get right into it. Uh, yesterday, we opened your takes. We've done this a few times. We did it before the season started. Predict what's going to happen. And you guys weren't great. Neither was I. And then after week 13, we did it. What's going to happen to predict the rest of the regular season? And people are like, the Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl. And Jordan Love is going to be the leading passer in the last quarter of the season. We all had all kinds of laughs with that. Let's do it again. Right now, as we sit here, today's date, January 12th, we are entering the wild card round. What is something in your mind that you are just positive is going to happen over the next five weeks? Between now and the time the team has the Super Bowl parade, you're like, well, Brant, you can take this one to the bank. Write it down in ink. It will happen. We asked. We're going to put them in a bottle again, our beautiful Pinot Noir, and then after the Super Bowl, we're going to Open them up, pour them out, and laugh at you. I mean, applaud you. I'll get in there with you, too. Don't worry about it. We asked the folks. You replied. Andrew Alton. Here's his prediction. I feel pretty confident in Ravens over Bengals. Great. That's a good start. They scored 21 points on turnovers from Anthony Brown. They pointed out last time. He says Ravens play a clean game. They get starters back from a week's rest. Andrew, that's a take. So everything, just play up a clean game. You'll we'll be fine. And then Lamar will be back after a week. I am not seeing that anywhere, Andrew. So understand, Andrew, we're going to open this, this bottle right here. You're going in it saying that you feel confident the Ravens are going to beat the Bengals and play a clean game and you get your starters back. That's great. I don't agree with you, but going in the bottle. Next, that's a good, good tone setter from Andrew Alton there. Max Jones says... His prediction, a game involving Josh Allen will be the game of the year. Okay, Max, better hope it's not this weekend. If Josh Allen versus Skylar Thompson is the game of the year, then uh, Skylar Thompson might be a Hall of Fame player when his career is over. That means he really went ballistic. But, say they beat the Dolphins and they go against, who the hell knows, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, maybe. How many times has a guy had consecutive games of the year in a row? We'll find out. Max Jones? A Josh Allen game will be the game of the year. This guy goes by A and 56 numbers behind it. Looks more like a social security tweeter. This prediction is new team staffing interviews result in the Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey taking a head coaching job back with the Panthers. Hold on, there's more. But this guy says that Ken Dorsey is already going to be gone as coordinator of the Bills and he's going to become head coach of the Carolina Panthers. That'd be a big jump up for Dorsey. All the vibes that I hear from everybody is that, sure, he's got a promising future and everybody really likes him, but there's maybe a few guys who are in front of him in line who have been doing it a little bit longer. And that'd be two years in a row the Bills lose their offensive coordinator. Interesting. But check this out. There's the rub. This guy goes on. Frank Reich returns to Buffalo as the new offensive coordinator for the 2023 season. Wow. All right. So we got dreams. And you know, what's interesting about this is that hopefully this doesn't come true soon for you because you wouldn't want the season to be over and have Dorsey leave and Wright get hired. All that stuff won't happen until the season is done. So, but put it in. 
Put it in. We'll put that Dorsey Reich take in. What's next? They're all going in the bottle, guys. I promise I'm gonna put the bottle right over my bar. Big action Bill with his big fancy blue check mark. Uh, this is good. Three predictions. We'll put them in three times. One, the Vikings will lose in a heartbreaking way. Okay. They don't usually do that, as you know. They win in heartbreaking ways for the other team. But that's his prediction. The Vikings will lose in a heartbreaking way. Two, the Chiefs will lose a game that they absolutely shouldn't have lost. Okay, that doesn't happen much either, guys. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say last year against Cincinnati, they shouldn't have lost that game, I don't think. But this guy's going out there, Big Action Bill. I mean, it's, his name's Big Action Bill. You got to bring it. And number three, <laughs> Mike McCarthy will do something stupid. This is going to be a fun one to open because the first two are objective, pretty much. But then the third one, what could he do to something that's stupid? And does he do it Monday night against the Bucks? I shouldn't be laughing at that. God, Mike McCarthy takes a lot of kicks to the shins. And I deliver a lot of them myself. But I like this one. Big action, Bill. Nice job. Who's next? Who do we have? Oh, friend of the show. And media magnet, Jimmy Traina of Sports Illustrated. I, Jimmy, I love you. I hope you're wrong on this. You jerk. He says the refs will blow a big call in a critical situation. Ref Twitter. <laughs> what a cool bunch of lady killers they are. Refs. I want to talk about officiating, officiating. Do you? Ugh, it's the worst topic, but people love it. Refs will blow a big call in a critical situation. I wonder if there's going to be the big ref moment, the Nikel Roby Coleman moment. It's not going to be this weekend. The stakes aren't high enough. Unless it's some cataclysmic thing where a ref's call like eliminates the Bills or <laughs> eliminates, I don't know, whoever the hell is good in the NFC. The Cowboys, I guess, would be interesting. All right, we'll put that down. Jimmy, I, I think you're casting a pretty wide net there. Let's move on to a real person who's not just busting my chops. Lucas! Lucas says the Chiefs win every playoff game by at least seven points. Lucas, that's a good prediction. Damn, that's strong. All right, so obviously they're not playing this weekend. And then... Divisional, title game, Super Bowl in Arizona in mid-February. It's never close. It's three games of comfort, maybe even domination. All right. Like, I, we'll find out. I hope the Chiefs don't show up in the divisional round and lose by 15. That'll be really funny and we'll laugh. But listen, if you're going to shoot from the hip, that's pretty much the best way you could go is the Chiefs win easily. Let's go. One more? Yeah, let's do it. Chris Whitney. Okay. This is great. I love the guys who just rattled them off. Five takes from Chris Whitney. <clears throat> One, Chiefs lose to Bills or Bengals, okay? Two, Dolphins lose to Bills. That doesn't do much for us, Chris. Three, Matt Canada fired from Steelers. I, who knew that he would have a, a staffing take on a team that didn't make the playoffs? And if you think that's out of left field, Pro Bowl ratings are up. <laughs> To the Nielsen's for Chris Whitney and the Pro Bowl games in Las Vegas. And five, oh wow, Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. That was good. You saved the best for last. You think the Bucs are going to win the Super Bowl this year, Chris? I guess maybe they could, but like, they're not good. I, I, I'm going to be very impressed with them if they beat the Cowboys. I don't know. Maybe me saying this will be part of us playing back your tweet. That was great, though. My predictions. Um, I have two for you. One, uh, Case Keenum mops up on Sunday against the Dolphins. They actually take Josh out of the game, which they very rarely do, which I'm sure Josh hates. But our guy Case Keenum gets in and will play uh, 
three series, three series for the Buffalo Bills at the end of their game, which is a win over the Miami Dolphins. And two, man, I'm tempted to take a ride on some of the NFC, but I said it months ago and I will stick with it. Niners, Eagles, NFC title game. Looking right to the camera. Not only do we get the Niners-Eagles title game that I've wanted for a long time, it is the single best game of the year. It is this year's Chiefs-Bills. It is the one we're talking about. It is the instant classic. It is the one. And it's Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, inexplicably. That's the way it just shook out. But I think we get Niners, and I think we get Eagles, and it is the game of the year. That's my prediction. Okay? Should I predict who's going to win it? Fine, I'll say Philadelphia. There you go. You can put that in the bottle too. We got the bottle right here. I'm going to drink more of these bottles over the weekend. So if you have more predictions, we'll have places to put them. Um, one note before we go. People have been wondering about if the Bills-Chiefs title game happens. If they both, if the Chiefs win their one game and the Bills win their two games to get to the title game, where is this going to be played? This is a good topic because... You understand the agreement because of the Cincinnati game and the DeMar incident that they, that's where the NFL shook out, that if they meet, there'll be a neutral site. They have picked the site. Interesting. I'm seeing this for the first time. It is going to be in Atlanta. The AFC title game in Atlanta. I have to come out and be honest with this. I hate it. I don't like this at all. One, I don't like it in a dome. And you might say, oh, Bill's Chiefs, let them throw the ball around, and they're both two great quarterbacks, fine. I don't like it in a dome. It wouldn't have been in a dome if it was either in Kansas City or Buffalo, and I think both of those teams like playing outside. They take up an identity of playing outside. I don't like it in a dome. I also don't really like it in that dome. I think the lighting is weird in that stadium. When you watch it on TV, it looks a little off. The aesthetics are strange, and what game could be a classic? I don't like it there. Ugh. I had seen some suggestions trickled down that I did like. I saw Cleveland. Fine. It's a stadium in the Midwest that both people can get to. It's equipped to handle a game. Fine. I saw Pittsburgh. Fine. I saw that there was a conflict with Indianapolis and Detroit and things that they couldn't or didn't want to get out of in terms of engagements there and that the NFL couldn't just say too bad we're coming in. And look, maybe that was the only choice they had. But I say this, as you guys know, I'm an NFL employee. I do not like it. I'm disappointed by it. Hmm. How does it work? I don't have a map in front of me. How's it, is, is Atlanta similarly close to Kansas City as it is to Buffalo? I'm trying to figure. It's in the south. It's in Georgia. I feel like it's got to be closer to Kansas City, right? They'd have to go to the right, and Bills fans would have to go south. I'm, my geography is uh, average at best. Kansas City, it's, it says that right here. 800 miles, so that's either a very long drive or... All right, look at this. Okay, I'm proven wrong. I take it back. Kansas City to Atlanta, 800 miles. Buffalo to Atlanta, 892 miles. So that's good. That's fair. All right. It's also, it's weird. It's in an NFC stadium for the AFC title game. Does that rub you wrong? Does that matter? Probably not. But I like things nice and neat. And I guess this playoff system is anything but neat. That's a big announcement, though. Um... You know, I think of Atlanta as mostly like Georgia. It's, it's obviously, you know, the Georgia with the back-to-back. -back. They have a lot of college football fans. I wonder if they have any fans from Kansas City or Buffalo who would live there. Probably not. They'll just all migrate. That's very interesting to me. Hmm. Um, well, last time the uh, Super Bowl was in Atlanta, I 
think that was Patriots Rams, one of the most boring games ever played, Brady versus Goff. Uh, this time, if, if they even get to it, and listen, maybe that game will never happen. Maybe the Chiefs come out and buy and lose. Maybe the Bills lose. We don't know. But AFC title game, only if it's Chiefs-Bills, will be played in the Falcons stadium. I guess if you're going to that game, they say they got extra wide seats, they're very comfortable, and the concessions, they say, are cheaper than others, so it's a good place. And the Dome's going to be on. I, I hate the Dome. I hate it. I wish this game was outside. I don't like the looks of it, and I don't like the lights they have. But that's my take. Before we get to say goodbye, uh, I will throw a dart. Let's go to the sky cam. Hey, have a very busy afternoon. I'm going to shoot something for the NFL Today on CBS. If you've seen those pieces, I've done six of them now. This will be number seven, where I go some location and I just walk and talk and have to memorize a lot of lines and say it right to camera about when things going to happen. I'm going to the movie theater this afternoon. Like, not this afternoon. I'm actually going in five minutes. And I'm going to talk about the playoff game. So check it out at noon on CBS on Sunday. You know that show. It's the one with James Brown and Phil Sin and Boomer and Coward and Nate. Um, here we go. Maybe I can hit a bullseye and take off work early. If I don't, if I hit a bullseye, I don't have to talk. If I don't, I have to talk about the topic. Guess what? It's 20 again. <laughs> Look at that cool zoom we did. Now, I did 20 yesterday, which means I think that this is going to be a new topic they just came up with. Always <laughs> with the wrestling. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll answer it. That's what this says. Best wrestling heel. There's a lot that I could pick from, but the guy that I really liked that, God, I used to really go for it back in the day. Um, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. So, comes out in the 80s, you know, it's it's Reaganomics and it's uh, this just big, robust economy and greed is good and everybody's doing drugs and making money and so they have this character who's just my whole thing is like, I'm rich and you're a loser. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. And you used to just walk out and you would just have wads of $100 bills and they looked real even. I think they might have actually been real. And sometimes he handed them out to fans afterwards or one time Jake the Snake beat him and then took Ted DiBiase's money and handed it out to fans. But he was just such a jerk and he would just make fun of people who didn't have money and it was like they just went for it. And there's some very problematic things about Virgil who was like his... I think the best way of calling it would be his assistant, but that wasn't what it was. And there's this, if you want a crazy clip, and I'll say goodbye on this before Wildcard Weekend, Google or YouTube, Ted DiBiase, or a million dollar man, whatever, uh, basketball kid. And they pull this kid out of the crowd, the kid looks five, and Ted DiBiase's got this money and he says to him, if you can dribble this basketball 20 times in a row, I'm gonna give you $300, and you look like you could use $300, it's so mean. And then the kid's good at dribbling. Dribble, 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 dribble. And he gets the 19 and DiBiase kicks it out of his hand. Oh, sorry, you don't get the money. It, it's, you're watching it and you, you cannot believe that they did this. It's just, it's an astonishing clip. Reprehensible clip, really. But I can't believe that the whole company was like, yeah, this seems like a good thing for Mr. DiBiase to do. Uh, he had the million dollar dream, the submission hole. I don't want to get into that. The dream really is this wild card weekend, guys. And I, it's a dream come true for me that you are here with me watching and listening. You have been all week. I appreciate you. I love you. Let's get some good games this weekend. Backup quarterbacks be damned. I promise we will round all of them up on our very next Kyle Brand's basement. In the meantime, see you later. Exit through the garage. Close the door. You know how to drill. See ya.